0: The enemy uh, was so deceptive in using Eve, but he deceived her, amen, to the point where, come on somebody, amen, where she literally, amen, gave in. And I told you, last week I told you that one of Satan's weapons is his lies, and remember, we went to the scripture, uh, John chapter 8, and we talked about the fact that he is the father of lies. So whenever he speaks, he speaks from what? His own initiative. Amen. So one of the things I want to share with you about Satan, you got to remember, I'm not afraid to talk about him because a lot of people don't understand that he is a force, a force. To be reckoned with, Amen. But if you know his strategy, don't don't underestimate him. But remember this: don't ever underestimate the power of Jesus, Amen. Listen, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You got to remind yourself every now and then, Amen, that you are not defeated as he may want you to feel. And sometimes the enemy wants you. You know what? One of his greatest tools. In, the, in his toolbox is discouragement, amen? But those discouragement comes by way of lies, amen? If Satan can get you to believe a lie, then he can begin to work on your life and lead you into sin. He'll get you thinking things like, oh man, it's not worth it today. I don't need to go today, you know? Why should I even go to church, amen? Why should I even, you know, do you know, serve God or what's the use of praying? I've prayed, I've tried, I've come on somebody, I've tried getting better. I've tried to, you know, change my life. I've read my word, I've prayed, I've done all these things and yet nothing is changing. You see, Satan will get you to believe that lie and then then here's what comes next. You're going to give up. And so what you and I must learn to do is we must learn, amen, that Satan's desire is to control your thinking so he can control your actions. Satan does not spend time, amen, on the peripheral things. He concentrates on his goal. And that is to control what you and I believe. That's what he did with Eve. And so one of the things I told you, Go to 2 Corinthians for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Look at verse 1 for me. What does it say there? So the, so, the second thing is Satan, as I said, he wants to control what you what? What you believe. All right? So, if Satan can get you to believe a lie about your life, come on, somebody. If he can get you to believe a lie about, amen, about your Your circumstance, about your finances, about your spouse, about your children, that they're never gonna get any better, that things are always gonna be the same, then guess what? He has you and I defeated. But look what it says here it says, Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am meek when face to face with you, but what? Bold towards you when? When absent, he says, verse two, I ask that when I'm present, I need not be bold with the confidence with which I propose to be courageous against some who regard us as if we walked what? According to the flesh. Look at verse three. This is what I want to show you. This is this is this is an important point here, y'all. Look, look at the point. Look what he says. You see, as much as I say to you constantly, you hear me say this all the time, your battle is not with flesh and blood. I don't keep saying that over and over again, but a lot of us from the time we walk out these doors, our battle is with, we think the battle is with people. I can't stand my balls. I can't stand this. I can't stand my spouse. I can't stand, you know, this person or that person. And Satan gets you to take your focus off of the real culprit, which is him. And he gets you to start believing the lies. Amen. But look what Paul, Paul was, let me tell you what Paul was saying to them. Paul had wrote them. Because this church had been acting crazy, right? There was a lot of immorality, a lot of fleshly stuff going on in the church. Just think about this church looking like more like the world more than anything else. And what Paul was doing, he was he was trying to get them to understand that when I'm away from you, I'ma write you. I'ma tell you, uh, you know, well, I'ma tell you some stuff. Because if I, when I was present, telling it to you. You got an attitude with me. Come on, somebody. So Paul says, listen, I got to be bold in my writing because when I come and I try to point out to you, you're wrong. Nobody wants to, listen, nobody wants to hear that they're wrong. Nobody wants to hear that, listen, they're not doing what's right. But it's the job of the preacher. It's the job of your pastor to point out some things in your life. And here's the thing. If you get an attitude, then that tells me that you're walking in the flesh. Amen. Now listen, we we want to be praised, but do you really, do you always want to be praised, or wouldn't you like to be corrected sometimes so that you can know what you need to improve in your life? I wish I had somebody. The devil is a liar. And look what the text says. He says, For though we want. Walk in the what? Flesh. I want to I want to bring some things to your attention today. You and I have to remember something. Amen. We are born again believers. Alright? We have been saved by grace through Jesus Christ Faith alone in Christ alone. All right, we are now positionally, we are categorically, we are holy people. Number two, we are God's people. Amen. Number three, we are Abraham's seed. Number four, we are heir of the promises of Christ in Abraham. So, in other words, we have available to us some things that the unbeliever doesn't have. Are y'all with me? And here's the lie that Satan wants you and I to believe. Man, I thank you, Lord. He wants you to believe that just because you're saved that you don't mess up. And when you do mess up, guess what? You're no good to God anymore. You're, you're, not, you're not saved anymore. You're not, you're not holy anymore. You're not in covenant with God anymore. Matter of fact, God is punishing you. Most people always fall into that category. They look the God that they imagine is a unjust God, a God that punishes all the time. I don't think you hear me, but but a good parent knows how to balance that out. A good parent knows when to discipline and when to love and a good parent knows how to discipline in love. Are y'all walking with me? Now watch the watch this real quick. I'm laying the foundation for this passage. You and I have to be very careful of one thing. That we, when we fall, amen. Number one, you don't stay there. Number two, you don't believe the lies that Satan will tell you about your fall. Now, I'm not telling you to go fall now to find out. Okay, so... Don't, don't get that twisted up, okay? All right? I'm saying if you can avoid a fall, avoid the fall. But the one thing I have to remind you of, above everything else, you ready? That you will forever be in this flesh. I can prove it to you. You come to church on Sunday, you go to school, kids. A- and we go to work, adults. Hopefully we go to work. Right? And, and everything that we've heard, and everything that we have heard from Sunday, and all the great things that is we have done on Sunday, right? It it, it seems like it all just goes away. It seems like, man, I'm 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 at the coffee. i I'm, I'm having coffee with people at work, and I'm I'm going along with that conversation. We we cursing together, and we. Yeah. You know, but you were just in the choir on Sunday. <laughs> Amen. Listen, and we get wrapped up in the gossip and we get wrapped up in the conversations with other people because, watch this, because the one thing that possibly your pastor did not prepare you for and he needs to prepare you for is to understand because not everybody knows their Bible. That's why you need a shepherd, that's why you need a teacher. Watch this. What he hasn't prepared you for is that you are in the flesh. Listen to me real good. Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, amen. That word walk means to live. You and I are in the flesh. Now I talk about away from church, but I know some people that come to church, and I wonder sometimes what could they be so angry about? Why are they such on the edge? Why are they always jugging and saying certain things? And you understand? What I'm saying I, I don't, I can't understand it, but I understand it from this perspective: they're in the flesh. You have to catch yourself. When you're in the flesh, kids, when you're at school and you hear people cursing and you start doing the same thing and listening to the same music, walking, standing, sitting, that means you're not caught up in the flesh. But it doesn't mean you're not saved. Okay? But but we need a constant reminder sometimes. And here's the constant reminder what we do have. Because remember this, when you go right, when you start walking, standing, and sitting with people, with the world, right? Guess who's there to remind you? Huh? No. The Holy Spirit. You will feel the conviction, and you will feel it, but you will ignore it. Come on, y'all. Listen, you and I got to learn how to beat this thing. We have to learn and recognize and be sensitive to when it happens so that we do not continue on in the flesh. Paul says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War according to the flesh. Oh, I wish I had somebody. You hear what I said? We do not war according to what the flesh. Watch what he said. Look at verse three. He says, "For though we walk in the flesh," verse four, "for the weapons." Now, now let me say this to you. And remember, we're talking about the strategies of Satan, right? But let me share something with you. Who uses weapons? Soldiers, police, all right, armies, security guards, flashlight police, thieves, robbers, murderers, they all use what? Weapons. Now, listen to Paul's language. He says, how did he go from, first of all, verse 3. Hold on a minute. First of all, he introduces us to something in verse 3. He says, we are at war. I don't think you heard what I'm saying to you. Many of us want a Christian life. Thank you for helping me. We want a Christian life that's so easy. Just, oh, blessings and this and this and that. Let me say this to you. We are at war. I'm going to say it one more time. We are at war. Are you with me? And the war that we're in is not with people. Guess where the war is? Right here. Point your finger to yourself. Me. Yeah, the war is with you. Yeah, because you're still living in the flesh. (laughs) You're still fighting the things inside of you. I can prove it to you. You want to quit smoking. And every time you go to that counter to buy that, that cigarette that's going to kill you, you're warring. Watch this. I can show you it's a war. I know when I go in the store and I'm looking around making sure no church members are around. And I go in and I, I, I'm struggling from the counter. Listen, every time you go into a store, amen. And you walk by the beer section, the wine section, you walk by there, you're like. And then you do a loop around. The, not y'all, y'all. Y'all are saved. Y'all have been saved too long. And, you know, you walk around like that, right? And you're like, man. And then you go get something else. But then you say, you know, let me make one more trip back here. And see, there's a war going on. Now, it could be with candy. It could be with cakes. It could be whatever. whatever your struggle is. Whatever your struggle is, you understand what I'm saying? There's a a war going on. And where's the war? With your flesh inside of you. But God did not leave you, watch this, without weapons to fight that war. You're not just running in the front line by yourself with your hands up talking about, yeah, here I come. You're not charging into a fight with no weapons. But the problem with most believers is that they don't know their weapons. They don't understand how to use their weapons. If you have not been battle trained, come on somebody, you got to know when the flesh is trying to get you. You and I must learn these things. Go to verse verse 4. He says, we're at war, right, with the flesh. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not what Okay. I can't use a gun to fight this fight. I can't curse you out and win. I can't be mad at you and hold a grudge against you and win this fight. I can't go smoke dope and get drunk to beat this battle that I'm fighting. No. We've been fighting with the wrong weapons. We've been mad at people for years. We've been we've held on to resentment and we've held on to all kinds of things that has kept us Let let, let me show you. Let me show you. Let me show you some of the weapons of the flesh. Y'all and took me there. Go to Galatians 5 for me. Let me show you the weapons of the flesh. Verse 19. So remember, we're in a what? Give me back. Let's recap now. We're in a what? We're in a war. Who are we at war with? Right. You're at war with yourself. Right? Your flesh. And here's the thing, though. You are also at war with the enemy, but how the enemy, who the enemy attacks, is not the spirit man, but the flesh man. Oh, you need to write that down somewhere. That's deep. He doesn't attack the spirit man because he can't stand against the spirit man. When you're in the spirit, he can't get you. But, when you, but he'll always attack your flesh. Listen, just when you think you've gotten a victory, Satan will plant his decoys. We have to understand, listen to this, how to fight. We have to become battle ready. You become battle ready if you show up at 9.05 for PT. Amen. On Sunday mornings. Watch this. Watch this. The problem with us is that we don't even know we're in a fight. We want to be cute Christians, but we don't want to be soldiers. And that's exactly what we are. We're soldiers in the army of God. Are you with me? And so therefore, the reason why people can look a certain way on Sunday and live raggedy lives on Monday through Saturday is because they've become real good at faking it. But a true soldier understands that he's, he or she is in a battle, is in a war. And in this war, God has given us weapons. Now, let's see what these weapons of the flesh look like. Now, the deeds of the flesh are what? Are what? Now, let me tell you what that word means. It means that it's obvious. (laughs) Outwardly. So, we think that that person just got mad and did all this other stuff. We think it's the person, it's just an outward manifestation that they're in the flesh. You get it? So if you trip out on me and say something crazy or your deeds or whatever it is, I understand, okay, he's in the flesh. You have to learn to recognize when you're in the flesh, y'all. Here's the other thing you got to learn to recognize. You need to recognize because he says, he says it's nothing that you have to like look for. He says it's what? It's obvious. It's evident. It manifests itself by the way we speak, by the way we act. Now the deeds of the flesh are what? Are evident, which are number one, immorality, impurity, sensuality keep going 20 I do, when, when, you know what idolatry is you make anything a god all of us got little g gods truth be told I'm getting ready to do a series this summer entitled the 10 commandments and we're going to go through the 10 commandments this summer and we're going to look at what God says Amen. But watch this. uh, Sorcery. Now you know what the word sorcery is? There you go. It comes from a word that means spells. So when you are indulging in drug use, you are under a spell. I know you've heard me say this before. It came from the word pharmakia. Well, we get our English word pharmacy. And oftentimes what happens to a lot of people, they think that, oh, yeah, I'm just getting high. Listen, you're under a spell. That's why you do all kinds of crazy stuff. See, this is how Satan fights us. This is how he attacks us through the flesh. So I I get all upset. I'm mad, so let me go smoke a blunt. You, you know what I mean. Look what we say. What, what else? What else? What else? Amnities. What What's that the next word? Let me say this to you. If you were to read your Bible, I'm talking about really read your Bible, you won't be blindsided. But here's something else. If you were to apply it, Oh, come on, somebody. Guess what would happen to you? You'd live differently. You'll win the war. You'll win the battle. You'll you'll be able to defeat the the, the enemy and you won't fall for his lies because all he wants to do is have you to live in the flesh. Listen, y'all. Paul says that He says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not what? War according to the flesh, because these are the things of the flesh. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Look at the next word. Disputes. Dissensions. What? Factions. Go on next. 21. What is it? You know what factions is? Heresies. False teachings speaking out false things that are against the Bible hmm amen heresies look at what he says verse 21 what else envying drunkenness what else carousing and say I say this and things like these now that wasn't the exhaustive list he just gave us the big list the things that are obvious whenever you see yourself angry and outbursting and having strife and you can't get along and and all this other stuff it's because you're in the flesh because you're not in the spirit and what Satan has done he has Attacked your flesh so that you cannot win the battle. He knows what to hit you with. Exactly what to hit you with. Remember what I said? You go in the store, you're minding your business. And all of a sudden you stop. You're like, hold on a minute. It's on sale. (laughs) It ain't gonna hurt nothing. One ain't gonna hurt me. Yeah. And before you know it, you got two. Well, it's ten for a dollar. I might as well get get ten candy bars. Might as well. I mean, ten for a dollar. You don't realize you just spent ten dollars, but you want to put a dollar in church. Y'all ain't trying to hit me. Go to Romans 7 while I'm here. Go to verse 4. Yeah, look what it says. Therefore, my brethren, You also were made to die to the law through the what? Right. So that you may be joined to who? So what Paul had said previously is that you're no longer married to Satan. You are married to Christ. And he spoke about this later, early on in the passage. But look what he said. He says, you were joined to another to him who raised from the dead in order that you might what? Bear what? Ah. So out of this marriage, he's saying that you and I should be bearing fruit for God. But if you're in the flesh, if we are in the flesh, we can't bear fruit for God. When was the last time you bought some fruit for God? Now watch this. Watch this. Verse 5. For while we were in the flesh, what happened? What happened, y'all? The what? The sinful passions which were aroused by what? The law. See, the law, which is the word of God, that's why I'm going over the Ten Commandments this summer. The law showed you that you were wrong. Watch this. We're at work in the what? In the members of what? Our body to bear fruit for what? Now what? What? What fruit was that? What? 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 What was those things we were doing in our body? Drunkenness, carousing. Come on, somebody! All that list we just went over. But look for, look at verse verse six. But now we've been released from the law, having died to that which we were what bound, so that we what serve in the what in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not, watch this, have come to no sin except through the law. In other words, what Paul was saying is that it was through the word of God and the law I was able to understand Paul was a coveter. He says thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. If you look at the Ten Commandments, it covers moral, civil, amen, and spiritual. And what we must do is look at the Ten Commandments and understand that it's a guide. The law was a guide to show us we were wrong. Are you with me? So the word of God does just that for us. And it tells us what not to do. Look what he says. He says, I would not known that I was a covet. He says, you shall not what? Covet. But look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. He says, but sin taken what? An opportunity through the commandment produced in me what? Coveting of what? Every kind. Paul says, even I got caught. But this is before he got saved. He says, for apart from the law, what? Sin is what? Dead. Verse 9. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin became alive and what? I died. And this commandment, which was to result in life, proved to result what? In death to me. For sin, taking an opportunity, watch this, through the commandment, deceived me, and though it killed me, so then the law is what? Holy And the commandment is holy and righteous and what? Good. Verse 13. Therefore, did that which good became a curse of death for me? May it never be. Rather, it was what? Sin. In order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment, sin would become what? Utterly sinful. Verse 14. For we know that the law is what? Spiritual. But I am of what? Sold into what? Did I not say that earlier? Did I not say that earlier? That you are what? In the what? Flesh. Verse 15. Watch verse 15. Now this is after he was saved. Look what he says after he's saved. For what I am what? Doing. Come on. Somebody's been here before. Somebody's been here before. See, I told you that Satan attacks your flesh. Paul says, what I'm doing, I do not want. Understand, for I am not practicing. Come on, if somebody's with me on this. What I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. Let me say this to you as a close. You're in this flesh. Go to 2 Corinthians back again. Verse 3. What does it say? Yeah, Paul says, the very thing, listen, we all struggle with this. The very thing I hate doing, I do it. But we can fight it. We can beat it. Here's how we can beat it. You ready? What does he say? For though we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. Stop fighting back in the flesh. Go on, go on verse 5. For the weapon of what? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the what? The destruction of what? You know what that word fortress means? It means strongholds. That word means a castle. Whenever you can't get rid of something in the flesh, it's because you have built a around it, it becomes a stronghold. And that's the reason why you can't change. Look what he says. Look what he says. Go on to the next verse. He says, we are destroying speculation and every lofty thing that raises up against the knowledge of God. And here's where you got to fight this fight. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You fight this fight in your head. In your mind. Are you with me? Your battle. Is not with people. But how we fight this fight. Is in the spirit. And we take every thought captive. To the obedience of